Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And this week, uh, I brought back a couple beers from my recent trip to from Austin to Austin, Texas. So I brought beers back from Austin. How's that? I am lost. Look, it's not nearly as bad as the as the St. Patrick's Day one. No, it's not. No, but okay. So I went to Austin. There we go. On the way home, I brought some beers. How's yeah, that's that? closer. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and I'll, there's a little backstory here. So the. Uh, the brewery is called Real Ale Brewing Company out of Blanco, Texas. You would think it's Blanco, B L A N, but nope. I watched their video on their website. Hmm. It's Blanco. In fact, I wrote that down just in blank dash O. Blanco. Blanco. Blanco, Texas. Uh, an hour outside of Austin. Um, I was at an event uh, for other staffing. South by Southwest? Sta- no, not oh. nearly that cool. No, this is a bunch of stiffs and suits Ugh. from the staffing industry. And Was that the day you didn't wear a hat? <sighs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how fancy it was. Yeah, didn't wow. wear a hat that day. Uh, but I was at an event, and I met this brewer. So one of the guys the, whose company was hosting an event there uh, down on Rainy Street. Have you heard of Rainy Street in Austin? Yeah. Okay, so the the I can't remember the name of the bar we were at, uh, but we had an event there. Really good food, and then the the guy that owns this that started Real Ale Brewing Company, Brad Farbstein, that's his name, Brad okay. Farbstein, uh, was there. Got to meet the dude. Absolutely unassuming, everyday guy. Really awesome to talk to. Uh, but the first beer I tried was the beer we're going to drink today, which is their Brute IPA called Moonwalk Zero Gravity Brute IPA. Okay. So this has quickly become one of my favorite styles of IPA, and I don't know why. Hmm. See, I'm on the other end of that spectrum. Careful now. You, you, you like the... I'm not a fan. You do not like the Brute. No. I mean, I'll look at me. I'll drink anything. <laughs> but... If I'm choosing, this is not the choice. Um, it's just, it's something about the dryness oh. of it, which is probably what appeals to you. I love the dryness. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm of the old school. I'm of the piney, resiny, mm-hmm. malty styles. I don't, I'm not so much about the champagne bubbles, hmm. but that's just me. I Maybe like- this will change my mind. We'll see. There are tiny bubbles in here. Tiny bubbles. I knew you'd go there. In the, yeah. Absolutely. So, Brute IPA Moonwalk mm. from Real Ale, Austin, Blanco, Blanco, Texas. You got it. Blanco. Mm. That's a... It smells... Mm. It smells like Brute IPA. It's so, uh, The color is very light in color. It's like a little less than a Pilsner. It's, it's a little bit murky or hazy, if you little. want to use that term, yeah. which is kind of what you're going for in mm-hmm. the style, I believe. Bubbly. Very bubbly. Very bubbly. So I think the idea, what you would be looking for in this is it it still kind of has that pininess, right? It has the IPA taste. Yeah. But there is that dryness, that champagne. The finish is very dry. Mm Mm-hmm. So up front, it's citrusy-ish. It's an IPA. Mm -hmm. You know know you're getting some hop flavor. Uh, This is... I'm assuming all done after the boil, like a hazy IPA. So probably you're not getting that bitterness because there's not really any bitterness here. Uh, and then it just finishes off like, yeah, like something that's in a wine barrel or mm-hmm. something like that. I, I can't. I hope you did some research because I don't understand how they get to that. So I certainly hope you did some research I on, did the, on the brute part. I did a little bit of it, um, but 
not gonna lie, it's very sciencey <laughs> and like chemistry and stuff. Uh, and I was I had a hard time following everything, but I did do some stuff on it, and I think I can uh, will it down to where you and I can understand what's happening. Let's hit it, and and Dolan will probably already know all this. He probably does. So the main thing that is involved with this, it's an enzyme, and oh boy. I wish you were saying this one because I <laughs> there's no way. Uh, I'm going to sound it out. Okay. Amy Loglucosidase. Amy Loglucosidase. I dated her in college. I, I wondered. Oh, oh, Amy Loglucosidase? Yep. It's yep. close to that. Yep. Um, that's the enzyme. Oh. And, and basically what it is, it's, it's something you add into the beer. Okay. Uh, and it breaks down complex sugars that... Um, wouldn't normally be able to be broken down. So usually what they were using this for okay. for years and years was big boozy stouts to give it a little bit extra punch. Oh. Um, it adds another couple of days of fermentation to the, so like basically when you're done and you add this, mm-hmm. it starts it up again. The yeast is activated again. There's more um, sugars to be eaten and, and taken up. So we'll go get the last remaining stuff that wasn't okay. broken down and it goes and gets it and, starts the process it usually takes another two days or so oh so it just wipes out any leftover sugars okay is how you get that dryness that's why you'll see this in um dry stouts or just imperial stouts a lot of times this your x the enzyme here mm-hmm. um that's why it's used or where it came from so this guy named kim sturdivant okay very recently sturdivant like, we're talking november 2017 oh was like, you know what? I want to use this in an IPA. I want to see what happens. What brew? Where? What brewery are we talking Social about? Kitchen and Brewery in San Francisco. Oh. He is credited with this style. So think of that. Just, a, a year and a half ago. Not e- Yeah, not even two years and ago. And now everybody, and I mean everybody, yes. is making a brewed IPA. So I've had, and this was a conversation that Brian and I had this morning, actually, that I almost thought about, because I have a Brute IPA from Sierra Nevada in my fridge right now. Mm-hmm. I saw that uh, New Belgium has one. I was at the store last night mm-hmm. and saw New Belgium has one now. Yeah. I think uh, Odell has one, maybe. Yeah. Uh, there's, you, I brought one back from uh, Colorado, Rock from Cut. Rock Cut for Any you. brewery, I'm, any brewery, Cross Trains have one. Mm-hmm. Like Everybody that we know that makes beer is making a Brute IPA, or mm-hmm. has made one. Um, it's just, that's the hot style right now. I like it. So even a year ago, it was like hazy IPAs, yep. everything, everybody's milkshake IPAs. Now everybody's style. turning yep. and going to brute IPA. Um, it's cause it's similar in, in the way that you make it to a hazy IPA where all the hops and stuff are added after the boil. Mm-hmm. So you get all the flavor, the aroma, but none of the bitterness. So that's the same thing. But then they're adding this afterwards, um, which cuts down on the haze, but dries it out and gives us that that bubbly feel and, and taste. Is it safe to assume that the that the ABV is higher on this then than a standard it IPA? It should be a little bit. Um, not a whole lot, but it should be, yes, because it gives it that extra push and it's pulling those sugars, and that's why it was used in those stouts too. So it gives it just a little bump. Moonwalk. Here we go. Moonwalk Brute IPA. Um... Where is six ABV forty IBUs? Oh, look! It says right. Look, look at Dolan, super smart. Six. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like that's almost like a pale ale, a six. Because I bet you that one's stronger. In relation to that, we also have another one of their beers here, their uh, Axis IPA, which is just their standard IPA. 
Interesting. 7.1. Yeah, I remember that one because I've, I've had that one um, more recently. Look at the... Uh, and it was very malty. The floaties in the bottom yeah. of this one. That's very floaty-y. That's all right. We like floaties. Yeah, I get. I we've had some. That's for we've, sure. We've had some chewies. Yeah. So this style came around, like I said, in San Francisco in 2017, um, and the guy on it was credited with this. He kind of came out and said, um, "Check back with me in a year. I might be all about pine at that point." <laughs> like he couldn't even commit to. He couldn't even commit to like doing this all the time. But he did say, like, "Hey, I'm I'm the guy that created this." Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm making the best one, yeah. which kind of you do want to have that mentality. If you create this whole new subgenre, you want to be the one that's known for it, right? Right. Yeah. Now I don't know from the place where it sounds. It sounds like it's a, you know, like a pub bistro sort of situation where he's making it. So they're not like mm-hmm. distributing it or canning it or anything like that, from what I can tell. So it's probably a very small batch to begin yeah. with, maybe. And he's already changed his recipe like seven or eight times. Oh. He's they're adding in things like. Um, usually what you'll see is a, you know, mixture of corn and wheat, sort of, um, the grain bill, you'll call mm-hmm, it. So like, mm-hmm. that's what's used. So he's changed the amounts of each of those. Um, those are usually used because they don't, um, let's see, um, they're fermentable without sugar. Mm. So wheat and rice is what he uses. And that's why you'll see sometimes Bud Light is known as having rice in their thing. That, um, they're so, very happy to tell everyone right now yeah. what their ingredients are. Yeah. Which is just, for whatever reason, annoys the shit out of me. But <laughs> I get it. Well, soon everybody has to. That's the thing. Well, and that's fine. They just want, they're trying to pretend like it, it was their idea to do it, even though the court said you have to. Here, the funny irony of the whole thing is uh, if, if you read uh, Jim Cook's book, Jim Cook founder, Sam mm-hmm. Adams. Uh, they did this in the very beginning against uh, uh, Heineken and those who were using other ingredients to mm-hmm. sweeten their beer. Like they're using sugar and corn syrup and stuff. Yeah. And so that was how Sam Adams gained some of their good or otherwise gained some of their notoriety was publishing different, uh, you know, the ads and radio ads mm-hmm. and stuff like that, attacking Heineken and, and Rolling Rock and, and those. Yeah. And touting how great their beer so was versus back then, that's like a David and Goliath situation. Absolutely, and it worked for him. It, yeah, you know, it worked for him. So, but now we hate it because it's Bud Light. Yeah, in Dev. <laughs> yeah, I saw yesterday. Um, yesterday was when we're recording this. There's some secrets behind the curtain here, but uh, yesterday was April Fool's Day. Yes. And Lucky Bucket had a video they posted, and it was, they're all corn syrup beer. Yes. <laughs> it was just corn syrup in a container. It was uh, like caro syrup or whatever, and I thought that was funny. That's pretty funny. Like, take that, Bud Light. Good job, Lucky Bucket. Yeah, so that was funny. Um, anyway, back to this science stuff of this, because this is about all I can handle. Um, the zero degree, it says right there, I mm-hmm, think, mm-hmm. that goes with, like, uh, original gravity. Okay. And then, so that's like before you're brewing the beer, right? So that's your your scientific reading on that. And then afterwards, you get like a post-gravity reading or something like that. There's another term. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm blanking on it. I didn't write it down. It's like OG and PG. Mm -hmm. And the difference between those is how you find out your ABV, your alcohol per volume or whatever. So it's like there's an equation, like an actual math equation. um, And this one is zero gravity. So it started out as zero. Oh. And that's the play on the moon man and the, oh, and the zero gravity yeah, and all that. Right. Business. So that's that's what that zero degree thing 
is alluding to. That's in my in my adventures with Bobby and Scott at Cross Strain. I they throw out terms like that, it's yeah, brewing or whatever. And I get oh, you, I would hear OG a lot. Yep. And I just thought they were being cool with you, like, hey, right. what's the OG or whatever? Original gangster, I, right? Like a Dolan situation. No, no, it's, no a, it's a scientific reading. Actually, a scientific thing. Less cool. Nerdy, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's okay. That's yeah. what this is. What this is about. Yep. Um, the guy we were talking about just earlier, the guy that was credited with making this, uh, Kim Sturdevant, mm-hmm. he has delved into making mimosa styles of these already. So he's added some blood orange. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, mimosa style like IPAs, like brute, like brute IPA mimosa. Sign me up. You got dryness, and yep. you have the orange juice, which gives it. That's how you technically can be a mimosa. You have to have that citrus juice in there, and. Uh, yeah, so he, that's mm-hmm. one of the things he's experimenting with already. So interesting. I wouldn't be surprised to see that, you know, from big breweries in the next few months too, if it works out. I I can't wait. That'll be fun. So that's that's what I know. That's what I learned about it. It's it's very similar in style to the New England style. It's just a little bit added at the end that makes it different. I hope as as we do these, and we've done quite a few IPAs because one, it's it's one of my more. I I like that style a lot. Mm-hmm. I know you like that style oh, a yeah. lot too, and I'll. If you've listened since the beginning or know me at all, I did not like this style at all. One bit, yeah. no way. I'm not drinking an IPA, but I always had that weird like um, fear of missing out. Yeah, because one, they got some cool labels. Oh yeah, and two, they do some weird stuff, like fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And find if if you can. And I don't know if this would would be one for you to start with. Yeah, but we've we've gone through some gateway IPAs before. Mm-hmm. Find one, try it. You're not going to like it the first time. Try it the second time. Try it yeah. a third time. That's well. If you're a if you're a wine or champagne person, you will like this. The you first might time. absolutely. Yeah, you might like, like if this. you like that sort of yeah. you know dryness, that white wine or mm. yeah, like a champagne. He was playing with calling it a champagne IPA because there was no name for it yet. Mm. But then he's like, well. You can't because it's not from that region of France where they make oh. champagne. Mm-hmm. So he went with what he called it was. Um, extra brute IPA, okay, and then they shortened it just to brute IPA. So that's why it's the name it is, and not champagne IPA. I'd, find yourself one or two gateway IPAs, and then try them, and yeah. then try them again, and then try them again. I guarantee the first time when you were when you were fourteen years old and you stole a beer out of your dad's fridge for mm-hmm. the first time, or Dolan like last week. When he stole a beer out of his dad's fridge for the first time, right when he stole yeah. that Michelob, right, it didn't taste good. It tasted like urine. It, ooh, you right? sure it was closed? Well, maybe. I don't know. You never know. You know, there's probably some kid out there that's like, man, this tastes so good. This is delicious. My first beer is oh, so good. And he's in trouble now. Maybe he's, yes. Yeah. He's an alcoholic now. And Could be. He needs, to get a, he needs to go to a meeting. He probably already was. He just was waiting to, eh, to taste that drink. Probably. He might have never had a chance. But my point is you have to you have to keep trying them. Yeah, I would say, I want to just clarify what you're saying. I want to, I would say if you don't like this one, then get a different one of the same style. Don't, don't drink the same beer three times in a row thinking this. Right. Right. going to change so right. pick one up you know and then pick up a different one from a different place because no matter what ipa is a huge umbrella right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everybody does it differently everybody has their idea of what an ipa is and that's what i like because like you can get one everywhere right. every brewery mm-hmm. is going to have something yeah so as as usual i did i did my research on the brewery i went back to the conversations that you know in my head that i i thought back to when i when i talked with brad when i met him for the first time down there and um, it, it's I I I fallen in love again with another brewery like oh boy these guys go. man they're just they're just the coolest here I, and I'll read through some of the stuff they're just just 
they just want to make a good beer. And right. they just want to make a good beer for Texans. Okay. And that's it. Like their tagline is unavailable in forty nine states. <laughs> I that's dig good. I dig that so much. I totally like that too because you know, there's something to be said, and this applies to me in a professional situation. Um, there's something to be said about knowing your place and like knowing mm-hmm. what's um realistic for you and also like you know, not everybody has to be the A list movie star. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Life can be awesome, just dominating your area and, and staying in your lane. And yep. um, when people do this, and like his goal is not to be the biggest brewery in America, awesome. Good for you, man. Like, yep. I like that. I like that a lot. If you go to the About Us section on their website uh, and watch their little like four-minute video about Blanco, Texas, and, and who they are and how they brew beer and where they came from, and it's just like him driving around in an old pickup truck, an old five-speed pickup truck, and talking to people you know, in small town and, and stuff. Cause they're only an hour outside of Austin. Are they near a river by chance? They are near the Blanco river. Here Here, here's why. Okay. I did a little sleuthing on their site today, oh. but I, unlike you, I, I didn't want to know any of the history or anything. So yep. what I went to was hat wear. Let me check their store. I had to see what they have. Oh, right. Cause I'm right, a hat guy. Right. Right. So I went into their store and they had a couple hats, but what I saw a lot of were inflatable tubes, huh. 50 bucks. Um, and they had their beer logos on the tube. And I was like, well, this only can be because they're near like someplace you could float, right. like a lake or a river. So that's why I was asking. So I've never seen that in any brewery merchandise is inflatable tubes, which is a good idea. This sounds like their style, though. That sounds yeah. like them. Like, it's like a lazy river is what this thing looked like. Yep. Okay. So, okay, Oh, geez. So- this might be the first time in history where... You're done before me. I opened. You really like that one. I do. I like these guys a lot, and they make a damn good beer. I opened the Axis IPA, so this is just their standard IPA. So as we talk about, as we talk through them, here we'll we'll we'll, we'll sample. Yeah, their... see the color difference already in this Absolutely. one. Absolutely, it's way more. It, it's clear, more clear. Mm-hmm. Way more clear. So uh, let's see. Here we go. Located one hour from Austin in the scenic Texas Hill Country. So they have hills in Texas, I guess. Yes. I don't, I, I yep. don't know. And just minutes from Blanco Square in Blanco, uh, in Square in Blanco and the Blanco River. There we how go. Many, how many times have we say Blanco today? Blanco, Blanco, Blanco. <laughs> a lot. It's like Plinko. It oh. is kind of like that. Only not nearly as fun. I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe Blanco Maybe is Maybe it's more fun, yeah. Since 1996, this is right off their website. Since 1996, we've been brewing in Blanco. One more time. <clears throat> Surrounded by the natural beauty of Texas Hill Country, when you get to make beer in a place like this, you develop a greater appreciation for the simpler things in life, fresh air, wide open spaces, working with your hands. We're proud to make beer as with as little processing as possible. In addition to being unfiltered and unpasteurized, we never use preservatives or artificial colors. We start with the water from, nearby, from the nearby Blanco River and the highest quality ingredients then we take time. Then we take the time to allow the unique characteristics and the ingredients to shine. We believe we believe doing less to the beer actually creates more complexity, aroma, and flavor. Unavailable in forty nine states. Sold only in Texas. Yeah, I I liked a lot of their artwork, especially this one. This mm-hmm. bottle is really cool. Um, I yeah, I'm I'm a fan with you. I was thinking as we were talking about that um, to to smash a couple of my things that I enjoy in life together would be kind of fun mm-hmm. would be like um brewery baseball cards or like you know that has the owner and like the stats Man. and they're like just a little summary of their story like wouldn't that be cool this is such a good idea right like wouldn't that be awesome to have like because there are all so many of these people have yeah a story that's 
you know, unique to them, but similar in, in scope. Yep. It'd be cool to have, you know, like their, their logo on it and their name and their story, like the story on the back. I think that'd be, that'd be sweet. This is such a good idea. Yeah. We let's need, get on that. We need to do this. All right, let's do it. Dolan, let's make some calls. You've got some, you, you can. I think, I think even our, our travelers will enjoy those because, yeah. you know, they get a pack of brewery baseball cards mm-hmm. yeah. maybe the rappers got like you know atlas on it maybe they open it up and then it's the brewery and they're like oh you know this is where i want to go yeah next assignment or you know <laughs> back in the day in the old tops cards they had the checklist card remember yes. that you always hated to get oh, it I hated but then sometimes that. you'd actually use it i did yeah with the pen yep you could have those in there and be like oh well state here's some in this state or this town yep. oh man this is a great idea i'm telling I, you what i'm like oh man i got another scott strain card god <laughs> damn it maybe we could get a special autograph one <laughs> slide them in there you know giveaway I, most good ideas are happening around drinking beer i'm i'm pretty sure at least Absolutely for me true. that's yeah yeah I, I never had a good idea until i was 22 so explain what i'm explain to us what we're drinking here because there is a and maybe it's just cuz we followed the i the brood ipa with mm-hmm. a standard ipa there is some there's there's something else there okay well there's definitely different malts and yep. i would guess that the hops are different this is a citrusy to me um simcoe definitely in here in this beer um maybe like oh i don't know there's probably a couple different ones simcoe way, is something i'm getting for sure way pioneer yeah yeah more of a traditional style ipa mm-hmm. um Let's see. This one says. I don't anything. think it says on the on the on the. Yeah, this one doesn't say label. anything on. Uh, no. On the spacewalk, what's in it? Mm-mm. Let's see what this one says. I don't think it does. I looked and I didn't Access see it. here. Do, 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 do. A Texas IPA with few natural predators. I like that. Oh, nice, excellent. Uh, let's see. Here. I like Packed. the the wit and wisdom that is on a on beer labels nowadays. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yep. It reminds me of Bazooka Joe. Um, Packed with tropical fruit and citrus notes from Eureka, Simcoe, and Mosaic hops. Oh. So that's in the standard Axis IPA. It is a pretty standard IPA. Yep. Good and drinkable. I like it. Yep. So uh, here's where I, I came with some research for us today. Okay. You know, okay. that's, that's kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. And I like to learn about stuff I don't know about. Yes. So I, But also I tied it into something that I'm... I, I can't say that I'm passionate about it because I can't do it, okay. but I wish I could. All right. And that's dancing. Oh. Everybody looks. Yeah, I'm going to say it one more time. That's dancing. Where I you, wish I could dance. Where are you going with this? Right here. What's that? Oh, the moonwalk. The moonwalk. Oh. What do you think of? I knew you'd tie this back to music somehow. What do you think of when you think of moonwalk? Yeah. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. So we're going to tiptoe and avoid any sort of current issues with Michael Jackson mm-hmm. because here's, guess what? He's kind of as an 80s kid, you and I. Absolutely. He created the moonwalk, right? Yes. Guess what? It's been around for 80 years before Michael Jackson. You're lying. I am not, and I have the documentation to prove it. Mm. I did some research, mm-hmm. so we're going to get into this a little bit, and uh, because that's what I always thought as a kid. I yeah. mean, it was him. Michael Jackson. It was him. He, yes. did, he created the moonwalk. You're going to destroy part of my childhood. I'm going to enhance your adulthood, though, so that's cool. Let's try it. Moonwalk. Here's why we know it. This is why... Rich and, and, and Brian know about the moonwalk. May 16th, 1983, Michael Jackson does the moonwalk across the stage of the Motown 25th anniversary concert. I was so he, eight years old. So he shows up on TV. I was five. Um, and he does the dance. He does the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing. 
Yes. He's 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 sliding backwards. He's, he's being blown by a breeze we can't see. He defied gravity. Yes, he did. And guess what? So have a lot of other people. Mm. First, I can find it. Similar step and movements. 1932. Cab Calloway. You know about Cab Calloway? Yes. He was in the Blues Brothers movie. Yes, he Remember was. That? Yes. So 1932, he called this move, and back in the day, these guys were calling it the buzz. That was the step that they called it. Um, he was a conductor in an orchestra. Okay. He also, I think, played a couple instruments, too, mm-hmm. and was a dancer. And he would dance as he was conducting his orchestra. So I found a, a cool video of him doing a maneuver that was very similar. It didn't go on as long. It was like one step. Um, but 1932, so that's, what, 90-something years ago? Yeah. 85, whatever. A, a lot. Math is hard for me, so is science. Uh, so, yeah, 1932, Cab Calloway. Uh, and then we roll into the 40s, 1944, so we're talking World War II time. Okay. Uh, here's a movie I've seen, and maybe you have too. It's called Meet Me in St. Louis. Yes. Or St. Louis. St. Louis. Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. Margaret O'Brien. I think she was in, uh, uh, oh, what's that epic movie? Gone with the Wind. I think she was in that. Okay. Fact check that if you want. Mm. Um, they did it. They did the dance. Casablanca. They did the move in okay. 1944 in that movie. Okay. Uh, and then in the 50s, uh, here's a guy we know, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. He had that in his, and he did in a comedy routine. And basically it was called Mailing a Letter on a Windy Day. So that's the premise. <laughs> and he's like... Going, you know, he's trying to go forward, but he can't. He's going backwards. He's trying to fight against the wind, and he can't do it. Okay. So he is doing that move in the in the fifties. Then we jump up to 1955. There's a guy named Bill Bailey. He's a dancer performer, and he does it. He's a tap dancer, and he does that move in in his routine. Mm. Um, and then in the, around that same time, when you think of mimes, mm-hmm. Marcel Marceau. Ding ding ding! Okay. He does it. He now has. I, he I has can a, see that. He has okay. a. Uh, also deals with wind. Mm-hmm. So he's fighting against the wind. He's trying to climb up a hill against the wind, and he keeps getting blown he's back down. Even, okay, so he's doing okay. it there. Uh, props to you, on right? Mime knowledge. Yeah, you know. I try not to think about mimes. Mm. Kind of creepy, but I don't like clowns. I can handle mimes. I don't like mimes. Clowns. Are like more aggravating to me yeah. only the street ones yeah. only the street performer ones oh. is they're there like always a, in a box is there always. another level of mime that we don't know about no well yeah. that's the only thing i can think of mimes yeah, yeah. and so yeah um yeah so they did that in the 50s um 1958 there's a uh, spanish language movie made in mexico city the star Adalberto Martinez. Okay. He does it, and it's called Summer School. He does that move in there, and I saw that on the internet. I think he, he probably hit like 225 for the Rangers. You're yeah, thinking too. of Adalberto Mondesi. Oh, okay. That's yeah, my guy go. from the Royals. Yeah, short um, Oh, here we go. So late 60s, man. 1969. Okay. Summer of Love. Yeah. Children's show, H.R. Puffin Stuff. Yes. You know about that? Absolutely. Well, there's a character on there called Judy the Frog, and she taught the kids how to moonwalk that day. So on that episode of January like 11, no, it was November 1st, 1969, Judy the Frog teaches some 60s kids how to moonwalk. Did they call it the moonwalk? Yeah, that's what it was called, wow. the moonwalk. Um, 1972, Desi and Lucy, you know, from the Lucy show? Absolutely. They had a kid. They had two, Desi Jr. But there's also Lucy, L-U-C-I-E, the daughter. Um, I had never heard of her. No. I looked her up. She is a exact 50-50 
copy of her parents. Weird. And it was a little unsettling. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just not to put too fine a point on it. Like when you go to like the fun house or whatever, uh-huh. like maybe like Dave and Buster's, yeah. and you 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 do like, what would your kids look like? Uh-huh. And then yeah, that would be it's it. exactly right. Like they calibrated the machine on her. Bizarre. It was very strange. Weird. Uh, she was Lucy back in that time. She mm-hmm. had like a variety show in the late '70s. Everybody had a variety show. Oh, of on course. TV. Yeah. And hers was called like Hey Lucy or something like that. Here's Lucy. That's what it was. Oh, okay. And she and this guy Jim Bailey, who I was talking about before, the tap mm-hmm. dance dude, I think. Um, they did a song, Fever. You know that song? No. Um, Dolan, you know that song, Fever? No, Fever. Man, yeah. I don't even know. Are you going to sing it? I, I'm gonna, I was going to try, but I'm trying to think of the lyrics. I don't I don't know if I've ever heard it. Who sang mm. it originally? Is it? I think it was like Peggy Lee or Brenda Lee. It was one of the Lees. Mm. I've heard of Peggy Lee. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to find a okay. thing. But um, they... On the show, they lip synced it, and they and she did the dance. She did the move, the moonwalk. I watched it, hmm. and it was pretty good. Really, like she was a a dancer, singer, performer in Lucy's shadow, but um, she did it really well in that that clip that I saw. Uh, why did it blow everybody's mind then? When, when Michael Jackson, <laughs> I don't know. Did We're it. getting there. We're getting there. Nineteen seventy four. Here's a name that you'll know. Maybe I know uh, as a someone who wishes he could dance. Bob Fosse. Uh huh. Famous choreographer, probably the most famous choreographer. Uh, he played a character called the Snake in the Little Prince movie. So that's a, I think it's like a fairy tale, maybe. Okay. He does the moonwalk on the movie in that 1974. Here's where I'm going to pull you back in. 1979, three wrestlers. They were a triple tag team. Uh oh. They were known as the Fabulous Freebirds. Yeah, yeah. They would come into the ring. They did the moonwalk. Their names. Michael, get ready for this. Pure sexy haze. Mm. Terry Gordy. That sounds like a I don't Terry know Gordy. That, yeah, just yeah. like a dude with hairy chest and yeah. blue trunks. Yeah. And Buddy Roberts. Yep. So definitely Michael Pure Sexy Hayes is winning that battle. Michael Hayes. Michael P.S. Hayes, as he was later yeah. known as. Yeah. yeah. And I always wondered what the P.S. was. Are you for? For, being for real? I For real. I have no idea. <laughs> I just thought P.S. like that was at the end. It's yep. P.S. P.S. I did not Pure know sexy. it stood for that. Because he could moonwalk. So we started doing that. Uh, let's see here. 1981. This is where we get back to some music stuff. Uh, the Talking Heads shot a video for a song called Cross-Eyed and Painless. <laughs> and he, um, the singer, and basically the head of everything, he picked out um, some street performers to be in the video. Dancers, like mm-hmm. like a pop lock crew. So like break dancing and stuff. 1981 style. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that's David Byrne who picked these dancers out and he picked out a guy and uh, who was with a really famous New York City street crew and he did it in that video. And then there's a band called Shalimar. You ever heard of them? Yes. Uh, 1982, they had a song called um, A Night to Remember and there was a guy in the band, I think he was the singer or a performer in the band. His name was Jeffrey Daniel and he did the video on Top of the Pops, which was a British show. It was like a mm-hmm. Dick Clark type show. Sure. That's where it comes into Michael Jackson, because Michael Jackson sees it, and then um, it's like kind of trying to do it, trying sure. to do the dance, right? Yeah. A little bit later that year in 82, Debbie Allen does the dance. She does the steps on a show called Fame, which is like the original Glee. Yes. Um, she is sister to Felicia Rashad. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Really? Yep. 
Uh, and then in the movie Flashdance, which is one of our favorites, I'm sure. I love Flashdance. Um, they do that dance in there. There's a, a dance crew that does it. Um, so that do does that. the moonwalk. Mm-hmm. During the Maniac when he when No, nope, not that one. No? Okay. Um, so Made famous by Tommy Boy. Not nearly as famous as actual. <laughs> right, but it's still, yeah, yeah. I can still see it now. Exactly. Oh, I miss him. Yep. Um, Jeffrey Daniel, I talked about him earlier from the Shalimar thing. Uh, his band Shalimar was on Soul Train, okay, and which was uh, up until a couple years ago was still on. I, surprisingly, I think it might, yeah. And uh, Michael Jackson saw him again on there, and he was like, called his manager, and he said, "Get this guy. I need to learn how to do this dance." Okay. Well, Shalimar was on tour. That is a sentence I didn't think I'd say today. Shalimar <laughs> was on tour in Europe <laughs> in '84, and so this guy couldn't come, so he sent some like of his his dance underlings to go tutor Michael Jackson. Okay. And MJ just can't get it. He just isn't doing it. So finally, when the tour's over and Jeffrey Daniel comes back to the U.S., he himself goes to Michael Jackson and teaches him the steps. Really? And that's how he anchors it in and makes it his own and basically makes everybody think he's the one that created that dance. Um, 1984, um, there's a song by a dude named Dan Hartman. Okay. One Hit Wonder. It's called I Can Dream About You. I remember this song. They do the moonwalk in that video. Really? Yeah. And then 1988 rolls around, and this is, what? how old are you then, 12, 13? So 88, I would have been, let's see, so I was 10 and 84, so 14. Yeah. Uh, Moonwalker the movie. Moonwalker the video game. The the Michael Jackson game. Yes. Yes, yes, that, yes. That happens. Mm-hmm. And that explodes across everything. He has the white suit and the f- white fedora. Fedora. He does the whole, like, lean mm, that back was, forward yeah. thing. The smooth criminal video. Yeah. Yes. Basically, yeah, from that time frame. Yep. So that's... It was called Moonwalker. Mm-hmm. Whatever. For I mean, the longest time, wasn't there a Moonwalker like ride at Disney World Land? It's possible. One of those, and eventually they I, they didn't close it because of all the stuff that happened with, with Michael Jackson. But right. it was just it was old. It was an older. Yeah. Or there's tougher dance moves now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see Nothing is classic reason. though. It's classic. Is well, apparently Moonwalk. it's been around eighty years. That's unbelievable. So you told some pretty unbelievable stories in our yeah. times together. I never would have expected this. I I never expected to even get into this today. No. So I'm I was happy to learn all this. Uh, here's another one. Here's a sports related one for you. I picked this one out. Sweet. Alexei Kovalev. What do you think he plays? Uh, I'm gonna go with tennis. No hockey. <sighs> uh, he did the moonwalk after scoring goals. No. He did it as early as 2001, and he was doing it in 2010. So he would. Light you up, hat trick, yep. moonwalk across the ice in your face. And Boom. then, and then I, they would beat him up. I was thinking maybe he lost a couple teeth because probably of that too. has one less. And Ryan Turek probably took he him down. He probably knows at some about point. this guy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, he's, maybe he's done the moonwalk. We'll have to ask him. Maybe. And then, most recently, I could find it 2018, Alicia Cara in a song called Trust the Lonely. She did the dance move in the video. So that's even as like last year. Mm. Are you sure you just didn't pronounce Alicia Keys wrong there? Uh, yeah. C A R A. Oh, okay. I don't there think we Alicia go. Keys is dancing behind the piano too often. No, maybe so. not. You're right. But yeah, that's the that's the history of the moonwalk. I thought, you know, I was gonna go space on us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can't really tie space in Texas, mm-hmm. and maybe you know, yeah. I, I wasn't sure. Then the then the dance move hit me, and I always wanted to be a dancer, man. Dang, wish I could dance. Mm. I can't. I, I you could have gone with like Galveston and maybe did some research on. I don't know. There's I think a great is... country western song called Galveston. That by Glenn Campbell. That doesn't surprise me at all. It's just, the refrain is just, Galveston, oh, Galveston, just like that. That's, 
talk about the next uh the next uh, healthcare travelers music club right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it is. It's Galveston. Could be Galveston. You never know. Could be um I can dream about you. Mm. Oh man. If you had asked me who sang I could dream about yeah. you, I would have said Rick Astley. Asked, yeah. asked, asked, that's too asked. that's well, Rick Astley famously was British. Mm. Right? So he yes. didn't he didn't pronounce the song the same way this guy did. Mm. Dan Hartman has been lost to the mm-hmm. sands of time, but his song I can dream about you still lives on. Any relation to Phil Hartman? Um, we'll say second cousins. There we go. Cuz yeah. Why not? We're Why all not? really we're all somehow related somehow. Related. Yeah. Second, third, fourth cousins somehow. Yep. yep, just get in the family tree somewhere you'll find. Here, here's what's else. unbelievable about the whole thing is every bit of what you just talked about all happened before Dolan was born. 100%. I think even the 2001 stuff did. Yes, what year were you born? 97. 97. 97. Jeez. Yeah. I had I had dropped out of college by 97. <laughs> Good for you. I know. I had like three sophomore years and thought, what am I doing here? I was in college in 97. Show yeah. off. Freshman. Fre- <laughs> Took summer school <laughs> freshman year. <laughs> Got a head start. Oh. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's what I know about the moonwalk. I like it. I like it. So, Real Ale Brewing Company, Blanco, Texas. We'll have to count how many times I said Blanco in this. We got to have a little in counter on there. Little, yeah. Ding, yeah. little episode thing. I if this were a video, we'd have a little graphic. Yeah. I'm, it's easily over 40. Probably. Uh, it, it, what's, it's Blanco, not Blanco, right? It is Blanco. I just Watch their video on there. It is Blanco. Blanco. Uh, okay. Yeah. If you go down there, if you're close to there, it's an hour outside of Austin. There's a ton of travel nurses down there. There's a ton of hospitals down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hour outside of downtown. Uh, did I say Austin? Austin, I said Austin, Boston yeah. there for a second. Oh. Austin. Hour outside of downtown Austin. On the outskirts, you can get there a little bit quicker. Um, if, if, if When you watch the video, you'll see, like, at the end of the day, all their brewers are outside, like, playing bags and doing whatever and yeah. just hanging out with the people that come to their brewery. It looked like a cool place to hang out. Yeah. Just from the pictures I saw. Oh, it very chill, very kind of just midwestern Texas kind of yeah. kind of vibe. So Yeah. And you can tell that in their beer too. I like that. I, I would prefer that over like a big city put you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'd rather hang out in nowhere Texas and Chicago, but that's just me. Sit at a a picnic table on the middle yeah. of a yeah. bunch of trees and listen to the cicadas. Probably and, have some barbecue or something. Now I'm hungry. Me too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next week we are going back to Colorado. Next week. Okay. What are we gonna sample? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Sp- oh, I'm not gonna spoil no it for spoilers. you. But it is a. At least here in the Midwest, it is one of those beers that a, that you can't get outside. There isn't any distribution mm. outside of the brewery, outside of the city that it's in. Um, it's another IPA. Okay. But it is it is one of those kind of uh, oh mythological like mythical ones like mm. oh you got that like okay oh where'd you get that four pack so from? a head turner absolutely yeah. yeah or the record scratch that I heard in my video or, yesterday yep exactly yeah it'll be a lot of fun so cool another IPA next week Brian I thought I thought I'd get more of a reaction out of you there. oh I thought we were just ending it sorry. <laughs> I was just like thinking about all the IPAs it could be. I was ex- I was just getting so excited over here. All right. We'll see you next week.